Welcome back to Ex Parte Communications, the Alabama Association for Justice podcast. Let me give you the name. Belt, Bruner, Barnett. They are our newest partner firm. They answer every time we call, and we call a lot, and not just for money. They are leadership in their profession and leaders in our association. They're a partner. They're on the EL board, Elite Academy. They do every event we ask. A big shout out to Drew for Bill Reading Day. He was our rock star. We couldn't do it without him in so many ways. Thank you, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ex Parte Communications podcast, the official podcast of the Alabama Association for Justice, a podcast for Alabama trial lawyers about Alabama trial lawyers by Alabama trial lawyers. I am your good friend and host, Gavin King. I practice law in Montgomery at the Beasley Allen Law Firm, but today I am in beautiful Union Springs, Alabama uh, at the offices of Penn and Seaborn. Uh, with Myron Penn and Shane Seaborn, who are joining us today for the podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning, Gavin. Glad to have y'all on. Thank you for having us. Um, you know, there's a lot that I want to talk about today, and your firm is unique in uh, a lot of ways, and we're going to get to some of that and talk about what uh, the two of you have been able to build here. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about your backgrounds, um, you know, a little bit about where you're from and how you got to plaintiff's practice and practicing here. Myron, you go ahead since you're the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot. Gavin, uh, uh, first of all, thanks again for coming. You know, you have some history with us, and we're proud to see how things are going with you. Uh, we talk about you all the time, and we hold you in very high regard. Well, I'll have to pay you for that later. Appreciate well, yeah, that. And, and since you're paying money, uh, keep on keeping <laughs> on when it comes down to representing our profession the way you do. Uh, you know, of course, I'm Myron Penn. I live in, uh, uh, grew up in Union Springs, uh, where we are right now, uh, and attended the local school system, Bullock County Public School System. Went to uh, got an ROTC scholarship to uh, to Southern University, and uh, while there, took classes at LSU as well. Uh, came back to Alabama to work for Governor Jim Folsom's administration. Uh, after that. Uh, when after Jim, Jim Folsom lost his uh, election bid, re-election bid, I went to Birmingham and finished the uh, uh, my undergrad work at UAB, and then after that went to Cumberland School of Law. Uh, after that graduation, I practiced law in Birmingham at a law firm at the time named Gorham and Waldrop. Uh, for two years, I was there, and then I actually came back to Bullock County to run for uh, Bullock County Commission Chairman. There was a, a seat that was, uh, you know, there was a, an election that was coming up then. I came back home, ran for that, and we won. Uh, two years later, ran for State Senate, and I'll tell you more about that, about because that's very important for when Shane and I actually connected. Uh, won that in 2002, served two terms uh, through 2010. Was it that long and ago, 2002? It's amazing. Wow. I mean, you know, I look back on my college years and my dates and things of that sort, look at my son's age, look at when I joined my fraternity, and that's been 31 years ago. Mm, okay, uh, It's amazing how time flies when you're having fun and when you're not having fun, it just flies. <laughs> but but at that point, you know, Shane and I, we, of course, had a law practice in the meantime at um, in, in Clayton, Alabama, which is his hometown, and then we expanded some and 
had a law office downtown in Union Springs mm-hmm. and then opened another one in Eufaula as well as Montgomery. Yeah, good deal. Shane? Um, I grew up in Clayton, which you have uh, relatives there and, and know them very well. Um, graduated high school in 1991 and went to Troy State at the time for three quarters and then graduated uh, from Auburn in 95. I started, uh, I actually took a year uh, after I graduated from Auburn, I graduated in marketing and went to school with Southeast Wood Trading, which Guy Slauson uh, owns, he and his family, and went to work in that industry for a little while and then decided to go to law school and went to Jones. Uh, while I attended Jones from the very beginning, I worked at Beasley Allen and uh, had the privilege and the opportunity to work for Greg Allen uh, the entire time I was there. I um, graduated Jones in 99. Before I graduated, uh, Judge Smithart, uh, he was a lawyer in Union Springs at the time, decided to run uh, for judge of the Third Judicial Circuit, which Barbara and Bullock and uh, I, I left work at Beasley Allen and basically uh, worked with his campaign almost full time uh, for about a year. And uh, fortunately he won. And uh, after that I moved back to uh, Clayton, finished my last year of law school and uh, went into private practice. But that's how I started in the plaintiff's practice. I was working with Greg Allen at Beasley and uh, working on products cases. Um, how is it that the two of you, and we'll, we'll talk some more about this, I'm sure, but how do the two of you get to know each other? Uh, and you're going to ask me that on Valentine's Day. You know, this goes back to, uh, to right before uh, I ran for state senate. Uh, you, you know, I, I spoke with Judge Smith Hart originally, I mean first, initially, and um, he actually invited me to uh, to go see the Barber County Jaguars. I guess the Jaguars play mm-hmm. in their in their finals. They had, they had a great basketball team as they always have. They play basketball down there. They do. Yeah. They do. And uh, and so they had a during the tournament they were high up. It may have been a championship game itself or the final four. I'm not sure, but it was in Birmingham. So he, he thought it was a good idea for me to ride up with him and uh, Shane and our good friend Leon Morris, mm-hmm. who was very politically connected. He was. He's he's no longer with us, but. One of the greatest political minds I've ever ever met. So the four of us, you know, drove to uh, Shane was driving his Toyota 4Runner. We rode to, uh, to to Birmingham to the Civic Center to watch the basketball game, and that's when I shared with them uh, my thinking of uh, running for uh, for state senate. And uh, and Mr. Leon Morris was all on board. Shane was on board, and uh, and that's kind of how we started. Is from a political angle. I knew that I had to have a lot of help in Barber County because it's one of the biggest counties in, in the six-county district. The district is comprised of Barbara Bullock, Henry Lee, Macon, and Russell, but Barbara is somewhat centrally located and um, had to have some help there. And uh, Shane was a good one to, to have help from. Of course, Leon Morris, uh, Judge Smith Hart was a very, very good advisor, so to speak. And, uh, and so what happened was, and I'm going to show him this a little bit, is that when I ran, you know, it was six counties, which means that you had leaders in each county. I thought it may have been a good idea to not pull or get someone that I would call a campaign manager because people in other counties might feel that their county may have needed to be more important sure. than the other. So I decided to not have a campaign manager. But what I did decide would be a good uh, good move was to have a campaign treasurer, and that's what Shane was. Uh, in fact, it took a load off of me because, as, as you know in politics, 
a lot of times people want donations and things of that sort. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say no. <laughs> so Shane had the easy job of telling people no for certain things that we need to use other money for that would be more beneficial to us in our campaign. So when that happened, and I know I'm taking over this question, yeah, Shane. Uh, when that happened, you know, we, you know, long, long, you know, we, we, we won the election eventually. Uh, I think there was a good strategy to have. Uh, you know, Shane was popular in Barber County. You know, I, I carried my own in the other counties, and it just worked out well, very beneficial. And when we uh, were victorious, uh, Shane and I talked. We said, hey, you know, I said, uh, I know you're doing your thing. I need to have a law firm to practice at, you know. <laughs> so I said, you know, you know, we just decided to get together at that point. It just, I think it meshed well to have a combination of those counties, those different backgrounds to come together. And, um, and we've been fortunate in that regard to, to, to be centrally located where we're from, but also to expand beyond those two counties and beyond those six counties and into the across the state and in cases in North Carolina, mm. uh, Texas, New York, other places. So it's just uh, it just it's kept growing over the last 21 years. Yeah, Is that the way you remember it, Shane? Yeah, not what the first time we <laughs> <No, asked. no. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, yeah, straight out where I was wrong. I may have, I may have told some films about that, Gavin. No, the, the, the first time we did meet was the first time I'd ever met Myron was on that uh, trip to Birmingham. Uh, we had a good time, but but after that, we spent hours and hours uh, every day together uh, on the campaign trail, um, raising money, strategizing, and, and we just developed a friendship and relationship after that. And uh, it, it was almost a no-brainer uh, once Myron won and, and knew he was back and going to practice law and be in the Senate that uh, we decided to... to start the law firm, but uh, it, it started out one meeting and then quickly it was almost every day together after that. And here we are, what, 21 years later? Is that right? This will be the 21st year. Okay. I've seen the billboards for the last year that all say 20, you know, 20 year anniversary. So um, hard to believe it's been that long. I know it's probably hard to believe for y'all too. Um, one of the unique things about your firm is uh, where it's primarily located. Uh, in an era where our practice has mostly flocked to urban centers, uh, you've decided to center your practice on serving folks uh, largely in rural communities or communities that you're from uh, here in the eastern portion of the Black Belt. What's unique about serving a mostly rural population, and what do you enjoy about the area that you serve? You know, what what's unique is we uh, are certainly beneficial to know we know most of our clients and uh, we know their families and we grew up with them and certainly in our profession what we like doing and, and what our practice is to help people and you know you touched on it earlier our practice is the uh, plaintiff's practice primarily but we're in these rural communities uh, we are truly counselors and advisors in addition to attorneys where we help them with their needs and uh, give them advice is not necessarily uh, lawyer advice and still in these rural communities um, not everybody but but people really do look up the lawyers and, and a lot of our community trust us and put faith in us and, and we enjoy helping them. Uh, we've had to pivot a little bit because of advertising and things changing and although we're based 
uh, in these rural counties. Uh, we, we represent clients all over now, uh, like Myron mentioned, North Carolina, Texas, New York. So, um, but we really enjoy uh, being part of these communities and, and that's what we strive to do, not only just have offices here and, and um, we, we're involved in a lot of different community activities. Yeah. Um, anything to add there? Uh, hey, you said it dead on. I mean, we, you know, we, we, as Shane mentioned, a lot of the people know us or they know of us, you know, in small communities, small rural areas. And, you know, a lot of times, and, and fortunately, we're blessed to have what I would consider decent reputations mm -hmm. where um, individually and collectively where, you know, the word spreads not just in these areas, but to people who have relatives in other areas. You know, uh, you know, you mentioned the billboard and advertising is what Shane mentioned, but still the best form of advertising is word of mouth by people who have had the experience of working with us and knowing that we really do care about, about them. There have been many times that you know, we'll leave work, but we're still thinking about our clients. Mm. Not just the cases that, you know, that where money is the, is the goal to compensate them for their losses, but also for peace of mind for these people who just don't know if they have a way out. We try to have a way out for them. There's this, this, uh, this, this saying that I think is on the wall in Clayton, it's still there. It says uh, something I'm paraphrasing that, you know, we'll find a way, and if we can't find a way, we'll make one. Hmm. And that's what we strive to do for our clients. And I think they appreciate that. You know, they, you know, refer other people to us because it's not only, you know, our names on the line, it's their name on the line as well when hmm. they make a referral to us on behalf of people they love. So yeah. we try our best not to disappoint. Yeah. Well, I will say I, I do think you've got good reputations. Um, before y'all had any idea who I was, uh, I knew who you guys were, uh, and that's because folks that I'm kin to really thought a lot of both of you. And so I, I've always been impressed by um, just the work that you do. I've seen that, you know, more up and personal, but uh, just the reputation that you guys have in this community. You'd be surprised, Gavin. We actually did know you before you knew us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Changing gears here just a little bit, but another unique thing about your firm uh, is, at least from the outside, what I perceive to be an emphasis that's been placed on um, diversity in your firm. Uh, for all of the good things about the black belt, uh, things that I love, there is um, what I'll call just a, a long storied, complicated history of race in the black belt. Um, and even so, over two decades ago, the two of you, uh, a young black man and a young white man, partnered together to start a practice together. Um, and frankly, I'm not, I'm not certain of many other practices like that in our state. Um, what, um, how have you benefited from that diversity in your practice? And what would your encouragement to other firms uh, looking to be more diverse, what would your encouragement to them be? I'll start with you, Myron. Well, um you know, it, it just happened that way. I think, um, and Gavin, you've had experience of dealing with people of, you know, no matter what their backgrounds or races might be, it's just the, the whole thing of seeing people as, as they are, mm. you know, and, and understanding and embracing the differences of backgrounds, you know, and because once you, you, you get a, once you deal with folks who are, who have a background that's different from yours, you know, there's a whole new world out there that you may not be as familiar with when you meet people from different backgrounds or different places or different, you know, parts of the world. I mean, and, and I'm glad that we're centered enough individually and collectively as a firm to be able to let those things come to us so that we can actually benefit from 
from, from all sides. And I think that when our clients and our uh, prospective clients see that, they too want to be able to have a holistic experience of, of life itself, of the law practice, of our representation, and not just centered on what, what is familiar. Because there are so many things in our world that is not that are not familiar, and we want to be prepared for whatever comes their way and whatever comes our way. But it all starts off in understanding, in my opinion, that you know, regardless of backgrounds, regardless of races, ethnicities, differences, that people are all people first. Mm. And uh, and I think that if we put ourselves in the in in the shoes of others, we'll find that we're not very different. It's our circumstances that make us appear to be different. But we're really not. We have the same need to, to have food on the table. We have the same need to love, the same need to, the same desire to be acknowledged. And I hope that we transcend those needs to our clients in a way to where they understand that we see them that way. Hmm. And it's nothing, I don't think that it's anything that we've tried to do. It's just something that happens naturally if, in my opinion, you're a centered person and it transcends to the firm that you build to make the whole firm that way. And it makes people comfortable to see that this kind of firm and these kind of people really do exist. Yeah, Shane. Well, and it's interesting, and, and we touched on it earlier, we developed a relationship with each other and we had similar goals and aspirations with regard to starting a law firm and, and what we wanted to do in the community with our practice, but we didn't join together and form Penn and Seaborn because, hey, Myron's a black man, I'm a white man. We did it because we're friends. We didn't mm -hmm. do it for political correctness. We didn't do it uh, like firms and corporations do today. Hey, you got to have this representation. And, and I'm kind of rambling on what Myron said is it's because we were friends and had uh, very similar ideas and thoughts. Uh, even today, though, you mentioned a complicated history. I've had friends over the years say, I didn't realize you had a black partner. Of course, the Internet changes that. But I said, well, you need to meet Myron. You'd like him a lot better than you will me. <laughs> um, but, but it's interesting. We, as far as how it's benefited us, I think it has from the standpoint of people in the community and clients and, and opposing counsel see that we're just real people. Hmm. We're not judging clients. They're not judging us. Uh, but we just developed a relationship um, with each other is, is how we uh, started the firm, not because of our color. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think that it's, a, for me, a, a bright spot in the black belt just to see. Um, I think you know, if I think about somebody like my grandfather, I don't think he could have imagined a firm that looked like this uh, when he was growing up in Barber County. So um, appreciate just what, again, what you mean to this community. Um, Myron, you spent some time down the legislature, as you've talked about, uh, and um, Shane, who's a sharp political mind, uh, helped you get there. Um, by the time this airs, we'll likely be deep into a new legislative session um, why is it important for trial lawyers to be engaged and active uh, in what's going on in our legislature? Um, how does it help to protect our practices? Um, if you've got any examples of maybe things you've seen over the years, it'd 
it's a good time to to let those uh, let our hearers know some of those things too. It might be a you know maybe not over the years, but I think the best example is is kind of sort of what's going on right now. Uh, you know, I think there are percentage wise there are fewer attorneys in the legislature than yeah. when I was there. Uh, I mean, when I was uh, in in the Senate, you know, uh, we uh, you know as a Democrat, you know, the Democrats were we had the majority at the time, and I want to say that a third. Of the uh, the over a third of the senators in the leadership position, maybe a thir- over a third of senators in the whole Senate were attorneys. Mm. And I thought that back then, you know, we didn't have we had a lot of checks and balances on legislation that were, would would pass constitutional muster in a lot of ways. I think that is uh, extremely important uh, to have people who are who the, the the discernment of the different laws that are being proposed and the you know to be able to think through. Uh, the results of or the impact of certain laws that would be passed so that we can actually tweak them or stop them before they became problematic. Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, as I was mentioning before, you know, the percentage of attorneys has has uh, has diminished in the legislature and, and which makes it important for like, like, you know, the Alabama Association for Justice, who, you know, who review you know, the proposed laws or bills, uh, how important that is, especially now when there are not as many lawyers that are in the legislature, whether it's the Senate or the House. And, and, and I'm proud that at the time when I was there, we did have a lot of legal minds that were there. In fact, even before then, there were even more lawyers that were in the legislature before my time. And unfortunately, it seems like it's dwindling as time passes. I certainly hope that more lawyers would, uh, would uh, aspire to, uh, to, to run for office so that we can make sure that the laws we pass are sound and so we won't have to go back and amend laws all the time because they were not sound. Anytime you have legal minds writing laws, it's a better thing than having people who might have another walk of life that tries to pass laws and then have to depend on others to sharpen them. If you're mm-hmm. the one, if you're the lawyer and you're the one that's passing laws or trying to, it's just, a, I mean, that's one more check and balance that you can have that's already in place versus trying to find outsiders so to speak, who to try to tweak them for you. Yeah. Same. Uh, thank goodness uh, the trial lawyers are there uh, and the organiz- organization helps uh, and the relationships that they've created over the years, uh, certainly with Mr. Jerry being Lieutenant Governor um, and his knowledge of the legislature and, and, and the relationships that Ginger's developed. And, of course, David Marsh with his brother Dale uh, in there for a long time has, if it were not for the leadership and and uh, the legislators like Myron uh, at the time, uh, I think we'd been in a world of hurt. Sure. And uh, yeah. it, it's it, a lot of lawyers I think that are in the mix know a lot of don't know how everyday bill can affect uh, their clients in the practice of law. So uh, we certainly appreciate um, the trial lawyers and what they do regarding the legislature. Yeah, and that's a, a shameless plug to our membership uh, when we've got uh, opportunities to read bills. We've got bill reading days coming up. I'm sure you'll hear, hear about that in our, our social media. Um, we don't have as many lawyers in the legislature, uh, and so we need as many trial lawyers as we can to get eyes on some of the things that are coming through. I think um, the first time I went to a bill reading day, um, I, I think I knew that there were fewer lawyers. I don't think I understood how much that impacted um, just some of the, the product that, was, that we were seeing. And I think it's really important um, for all of us to get down there. And I think it'll open your eyes to some of the things uh, that we face um, as trial lawyers. Uh, every session, we 
there are new attacks, but they're all kind of the same. Um, and so we, we've got to be vigilant to help protect not just our practices, but the people that we represent. So case in point, Gavin, is, you know, when tort reform started, there were so many lawyers that were there. And then even after that, though, because of lawyers that were either in the in the legislature or even now, uh, for example, Association for Justice, uh, those lawyers uh, are helping to make it where people are still getting justice despite the tort reform package that was passed years ago. Yeah. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention some of the key players who are lawyers in the legislature when I was there in the Senate. You had people like Pat Lindsay, you mm. had Hank Sanders, Roger yeah. Bedford, Zeb mm-hmm. Little, you know, uh, I mean, just a whole slew of, of, of good lawyers. There were good lawyers who happened to be legislators, not legislators who happened to be lawyers. Yeah. They were good lawyers to begin with. And they brought their legal minds. And I can't say enough about Pat Lindsay. And I know everybody who's had experiences with him understand that, you know, understand the passion by which I'm trying to express my sentiment of him. I mean, yeah. he was he was very, very much missed, uh, you know, when he passed away. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about this area, there's there's really been some kind of trial lawyer legends who are from down this way. I mean, I, obviously, I think about folks like Mr. Jerry Beasley and um, think about folks like Lynn Jenks. Um, Tell me, what, what's it like these days practicing in, in the Third Circuit? Um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you, um, that are like they used to be and maybe some of the things that have changed? Well, one good thing about the Third Circuit is Judge Smith Art mm-hmm. is a, a, he's a lawyer's judge. We um, talked about that on the way down re- here. Regardless of plaintiff or defendant, he's, he's friendly to the lawyers. He has a lot of wisdom. He's been on the bench a long time. Uh, he doesn't talk down to the lawyers, and fortunately, uh, for a long time, Judge Smithart practiced law, so mm-hmm. he he knows what a trial setting will do. He knows what uh, making uh, clients respond to discovery will do, and uh, it, it's really a, a, a privilege to practice in front of him. I have. Uh, both of us have friends who are lawyers all over, and they like coming down here because they <laughs> like the judge and and defense lawyers. Uh, they they enjoy being in front of Judge Smith Art because he's going to treat them fair. Um, in fact, I told a lawyer from Birmingham uh, last week. I said he's probably going to rule against you, but you're not going to be mad about it. <laughs> you, you, you're going to agree with him. Uh, but as far as being in this venue, the Third Circuit, um, it, it's a good circuit to be in. The difference is in these rural counties, it's just not a lot going on now. Uh, we've lost a lot of jobs in mm-hmm. Marburn Bullock County over the years. So uh, when there's a scheduling conference uh, in Union Springs or you follow Clayton, there's not near the volume. Um, of course, fraud's gone away, uh, but, but we still enjoy being down here and it, it's a good venue and the judge is good, but it's just not a lot, lot of activity. Sure. Um, we're gonna take a pause right here and we're gonna hear a message from our friends at the Alabama Association for Justice. shout out today for another fellow that we have cartography you know they're the guys that have come to our seminars the last few times cooper and aaron and they're always so friendly and talk to everybody they do marketing and strategic planning let me tell you what they've done for us they've helped us with our social media they've helped us in our marketing which has led to an increase in attendance in our events They've helped us with our marketing, which has also helped us with our membership. If they can help us 
do better, just think of what they can do for you and your firm. So give them a call. Cartography, Cooper and Aaron. Thanks, guys. And we're back. Uh, for every podcast, we like to end it with what is my favorite portion of the show. We call it uh, The War Room. Uh, we ask all of our guests to come armed with their best war story from uh, the courtroom or their practice generally. Uh, and so we'll invite all of our listeners into the war room with us, uh, and we will hear um, your best war story. We'll start with you, Mary. You're laughing, <laughs> so we'll start with you. I guess every, every, every experience can be a war story. I do remember one, though, and this is the first case I did try in Barber County with Shane, and we were before Judge Smith Hart, and, uh, and it was of a friend of Shane's that is no longer with us, but a great guy. And uh, it was a, it was a, a bad faith claim uh, down in Barber <laughs> County. And, of course, I was getting ready for my closing argument. I probably got no sleep that morning. I was just kind of pacing and just trying to figure out what I was going to say. And I was not going to, uh, to shortchange anyone with my practice. So <laughs> when it was time for me to do my part of the closing, I actually uh, got up, thought it was going to be a lot shorter. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the closing, my part of the closing ended up being an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and Judge Smith Hard at that point uh, shared with me that I was going to be one. Of the, I'm one of the reasons why he started putting time limits <laughs> on closing arguments. And uh, so I, you know, that was one that set the stage for me to where I had to limit uh, how much I talked. But hey, when you're in that groove, you're in that groove. In the groove. Uh, it's almost like uh, being a preacher, and you just can't stop uh, sharing the word. <laughs> Uh, so that, that's probably one of the, the one one of the war stories that that probably was most meaningful for me is to kind of cut down things to the substance of things. Although I thought the whole thing was substantial, uh, but uh, but I understood uh, what the judge's uh, feeling was on that. That other than that, just the fact of knowing everybody on the jury and mm-hmm. then just trying to walk through landmines of of conflicts and things of that sort, uh, being you know in a small area or starting from a small area where everybody knows everybody and just making sure that everything is on the up and up and you don't have any conflicts of people on the jury because that could be some issue and uh, and that has been an issue before when we had to unfortunately strike some people off the jury because of our relationship. <laughs> uh, did you did you win? We did win. Oh, we did win. Uh, I, I tell you what, it, uh, I think our victory didn't match the, the length of time that I spoke, <laughs> you know, but, but it was a W. We got a W, yeah. so that's what mattered for our client and for us. There you go. Shane? One thing Myron forgot to tell you about that is uh, the time, the hour and 45 he was walking around doing his closing, he had a big switch, uh, big stick, and he was trying to uh, explain to the jury that they needed to spank State Farm uh, with the switch. It, it was very compelling and good, and it worked. Uh, a, a couple of stories that, that came to mind. That's 20 years later. You know, it, it worked. Uh, couple of stories is I was not at the council table, but Jerry and Greg were trying a case here in Bullock County. And uh, the case had uh, rocked on for a couple of weeks and we were putting our expert on the stand, Benedict. And during a break, he had told um, Greg, he said, no matter what, I'm leaving at 10 o'clock. I don't care if I'm, done with testifying or cross i've got to be in washington dc uh it's my livelihood i'm leaving no matter what so jerry turned around i was sitting behind him mr jerry and said i need you to get the fastest jet you can get in montgomery to take benedict to 
uh, Washington, D.C. He's got to make this meeting, but we got to get him on the stand. So I said, yes, sir. I made the phone call. I told him um, we had, um, they were waiting for him at the Montgomery Airport in the jet. And uh, Benedict got to Washington in time, but the problem with uh, that, the bill was $21,000 <laughs> to get him there. And uh, Mr. Jerry looked at me and couldn't believe it once the bill came, but I, I responded and said, well, you told me to get the fastest jet. That's what I did. But another quick story that uh, Myron and I and Mark Andrews a few years ago, uh, Mark's lawyer down in Dothan, we tried a, a case in Montgomery, uh, accident case where a vehicle hit the back of a school bus. Mm. And uh, the lawyer for the company at the time, the defense lawyer, when we first filed it, he filed a rule 11 against us, uh, Litigation Accountability Act, saying this is a frivolous lawsuit. Um, of course, we certainly didn't think it was. We wouldn't have filed it. But the, the irony of that story was we got a $1.27 million verdict uh, that started out where we had to defend the Litigation Accountability Act uh, and the jury came back and awarded us that, and we got a check from the insurance company. Doesn't uh, seem so, too frivolous now, does no, it? Not at all, and we remind the lawyer of that pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, it really has been um, a joy to be down here in Union Springs uh, with y'all. Again, can't say how much I'm, um, I'm thankful for you and your practice. I tell uh, Charlie Hudson all the time that everything I learned about practicing law, I learned from him uh, riding around uh, in Barber and Bullock County. Um, and I know that I speak for a lot of folks um, and folks in Barber County in particular when I say uh, that we're, we're really thankful that you're here. So thanks for hopping on the podcast and thanks for doing what you do. Well, thank you and James for coming. We appreciate y'all. Thank you guys. What a wonderful program. And I appreciate you doing it, Gavin. Very proud of you too, but I'm glad you got your start with our firm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it uh, for this episode of the uh, of Ex Parte Communications, uh, the official podcast of the Alabama Association for Justice. By the time this airs, we will have had our winter summit. I know I'm looking forward to seeing many of my good friends there, uh, and I hope that you uh, will have an enjoyable experience, and I hope that you'll be paying attention to our uh, legislative session and the work of the Alabama Association for Justice. Until next time, I'm Gavin King from Beasley Island, and in the meantime, y'all go get some justice. Mm-hmm.